Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This is the Soho Radio Podcast, showcasing some of the best broadcasts from our online radio station, right from the heart of Soho, London. Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mixcloud page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. Afternoon. It is the Beige Green Room uh, with me, Mr. Lenny Beige, and you, Mr. Martin Green. How are you? Very good. Yeah, enjoying the heat dome. Heat dome? Yes. Why is it a heat We're dome? We're under a heat dome now. Yes, it was a heat wave, now it's a heat dome. Right. It's trapped us. Is it, it, the heat has trapped us. Well, it's nicer to be under the heat dome <laughs> than the drizzle dome. Yeah, it's a, and, it fe- and that piece of music, it, it, seeing people striding with purpose um, uh, down Broadwick Street, it feels, feels urgent, it feels vibrant, and people come alive in this weather again. It's yes. like a last-minute reprieve for the summer. Yeah, well, let's hope it lasts. Uh, yeah, it's a bit of a surprise, really. It's taken us all by surprise. I know. But, um, yes. Crept up, unannounced. Yes. So uh, I'm making the most of it. Beach tomorrow. Of course you are. at the Highgate Pond. Yeah. You know, with all the, all the celebrities up there. <laughs> it is. It's jam-packed full of celebrities. It's a watery Stella Street. It is. But I won't, I won't say who, because they'll end up with uh, paparazzi up there. But it is very starving. Okay. If you need to star spot, um, uh, you need to go out and buy a pair of Speedos in order to do so. Um, we are covering uh, a a niche area, mm. but an area of expertise for you, certainly. Yes, yes. Uh, that area is is the library music. And, of course, music and libraries are not things that uh, are necessarily comfortable bedfellows. If you try, you know, the, the libraries are places of, of quiet contemplation, of reading, of oversized books, of of periodicals, of the the wonderful. The, the, we used to get the newspapers with the batons through mm. them. Mm. Um, Music generally not allowed. This is a different kind of library. This is a music library. This is production music written specifically for pretty much for anything in terms of the visual arts, be it um, movies, television, theme tunes, anything. Mood music. It's It's mood mood music. music. But the thing about library music is the same thing with libraries. They are, it's it's a world of discovery. So um, we all kind of started looking around, finding library records in the bargain boxes in the late 80s, early 90s, and and you enter this kind of unknown world of music. And um, so it it, it was constantly, you were constantly discovering composers, arrangers, performers, uh, in all this kind of world of library music, and it was a kind of hidden little world for many years. Well, of course, you had the, you know, as you discover that world, there are certain, like there are in any world, benchmark qualities, kite marks of of approval, um, 
certain libraries producing these music that are better than others, of course. Yeah. Well, the, kind of different. They're all kind of... They've all got... The thing about the libraries is they've all got their kind of distinct sound. Right, OK. And uh, and they all and they all had their own studios. And, um, yeah, so there was... You can tell the difference between a, a chapel library and a, a KPM. And they had the same kind of people working with them, but they had sort of house styles. Right. And house engineers, house producers. Yes, yeah. Uh, and it was... Um, the, it's there's still music libraries now, but at the time, um, through the, the, the heyday was the kind of sixties, seventies, a little bit into the early eighties, but um, but people didn't uh, uh, wouldn't like their music used on things. They have people. They have. What do you mean they wouldn't like their music used on things? So if you had an advert, the Rolling right. Stones weren't going to say. Oh, it's, of course, oh, art- yes. yeah, proper go. artists. The artists wouldn't like their music used. Yeah. So the Rolling Stones wouldn't say, "Oh yes, you can use you can use Lady Jane on this uh, on this um, hairspray advert." Sure. But so they'd have someone do a harpsichord, Lady Jane inspired rock yeah. instrumental. Uh, which would go on a, a, a hair a shampoo advert, right? So it was that kind of approach. So you've got so library music's always um, kind of one step behind the mainstream, right? Uh, in terms of uh, of where the mainstream goes, the library music kind of follows and does its own version. Yeah, in a, an licensable version, interesting of, way. Yeah. So, and and because the the um, musicians involved with library music were so unbelievably talented, yeah, and unbelievably creative, and a lot of those people, like the Alan Parkers and the Alan Hawkshaws, played on um, hit records of the day. They were in, they were just in, a session. They players. were in tune with it all. Yeah, yeah. So the in uh, so library music in its own right um, stands up. Yeah, and it doesn't sound and it sounds highly original. It sounds original, but it's always slightly references what's going on in the charts a year before. It's not like Klaus Wunderlich at his organ playing no. the music no. of you yeah. know Prokel Harum. Yeah, although that's very good. Has yeah, its own, but you know. Yes. But yeah, yeah. No, I so I know what you mean. So it. <laughs> And when you look through the back of library records, and it's always, you know, those sort of... They always give you clues as to what they are. They always kind of reference other things, and they will give the tempo and the style and the feel and the mood of these things. Because presumably when you're sat in a studio doing a commercial recording or you're doing a voiceover and you need a little bit of music, you need to be able to pull those, you know, pre-computers, you need to be able to go, I need a little bit of that, and a little bit of that, and a little bit of that, and so I suppose the the descriptions were almost as important as the actual product because you don't want to overlook the possibility of finding the tune that you you know that will make your advert stand out. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of them. I mean, there's you know we're talking hundreds and hundreds of records to choose from at any one time. Thousands, thousands, thousands. Yeah, you know. So they had you know, and people. Major, I mean, I've collected, you know, f- quite a lot over the years, but major collectors like Johnny Trunk, yeah, uh, one of our regular guests, yeah. has got thousands of them, you know, and has written and has published two books about them. Yeah, it's quite, yeah, it's it it's a rabbit hole, I believe the term. Yes, it's a rabbit hole, of and now a very expensive one for those incredibly hard to find. Regarded as bona fide classics, yeah, over a thousand pounds for some of them. Really, yeah, yeah. Because there wasn't many pressed up, really, and they were never sold commercially. Of course, 
And um, so until my album Sound Gallery came along, and then that made that made some of them commercial and that Greg gained a lot of interest but before that they weren't available anywhere how many so tracks on Sound Gallery which, which is a, a double album mm. how many tracks on that w would have been termed library music uh, I think about six of them I think so well, not almost a third really is it? yeah, just probably, yeah, yeah. yeah so there's a lot yeah I'll be playing a few of those of course uh, of course that first one we heard which uh, is very familiar to me it's called The Zodiac yeah is that David Lindup it's David Lindup oh. yes I actually have the album of Lindup stuff. I do like yes, his stuff. Yes, great. And, and I'm actually going to play a bit of Lindup's um, uh, collaborator, Johnny Dankworth, who did, I don't know how much he did, but I've got this album on KPM that he did uh, called Open Air. Wonderful. Take it away. When I, I DJ'd at events playing vinyl 15 years ago, and people come up and going, what, what are these? Literally, what, what, are, these? what are these? Who? What, what, yeah. what, what is it? What is it? You know, and you'd have to explain. <laughs> and now they all they love it. <laughs> um, the, our guest is on his way in. And the, the reason, I mean, he's a dear friend of, of the shows and, and, and of mine I've known for, for forever. But he um, he's... I think he's singularly interesting in terms of what we're talking about because it's, it, it, there aren't many people releasing new stuff on KPM no. that kind of have, that, that that it isn't what they do normally, and that's Mr. Matt Berry, who's just released a single um, on the KPM label. Yes, and we'll be playing that. And we will be playing that later. And um, yes, yeah, so want to want to know how he was approached, why he was approached. And what his process was to produce something, knowing the history and the provenance of the KPM label. Um, are we edging away from summer now? Are we going toward? I'm going to play we... a track called uh, "In Your Honor," called yep. "The Extrovert," but it's actually quite a sort of um, mellow blues track. Oh, is it lovely? <laughs> and from what label? A KPM. Lovely. was a discovery i've never heard that before and that's the joy of library music so yeah when me and johnny trunk do our library nights i'm often just i just grab a bunch of libraries and then just say oh well that sounds good it's just like a little bit of it well the I'm ones that it. you own that you aren't aware of the no, joys that like because you know when you get them you think oh that's a, that's a great that's a killer track it's amazing yeah, yeah. Oh, it's got a break on it or something and then uh you put it away and then you discover something so well, your, well, and so johnny trunk gave me that 
recently right. because it's got the farmhouse kitchen theme music on it. Glorious. And uh, I was going to play that, and I just thought I started flicking through it just then and found that track. I thought, well, that sounds good. So I just thought I'd give it a go. You do your so, nights usually at... Uh, Spirit uh, Yeah. Spirit where we Land. were... Uh, well, I saw each other, I guess, at the yeah. KPM... Um, what was it? It was like a, it was a, it was a launch, wasn't it? I guess it was a, was yeah, it an anniversary was it a or twelve was inch was album. Yeah, they did an album. That's right. Yeah, and um, you were there. You came along, and it, yeah, and oh, it no, was it was a Q and A. It was a Q and A with Trunk doing the Q and A. Yeah, with with, with uh, the, Keith the, Mansfield, right? Alan Parker. Parker. Oh Alan no, of course Parker. we did. Right? Um, Is this last year? John Cameron. No, it was only a few months ago. A few months ago. John Cameron. Yeah, John Cameron. Yeah, because they're kind of relaunching KPM. Uh, and that's the reason you're in. Matt, Matt Berry, ladies and gentlemen. Mr. Uh, well, raconteur, bon well, vivant, um, um, <laughs> streetwalker, nightcrawler. That's crawler. more like it. Uh, nightcrawler. Yeah, afternoon, afternoon brawler. Afternoon fancy. Um, <laughs> now... So when did they ask you, 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 your new release, yeah, Top, well, so Top what Brass? Was, I was invited by Martin yeah. to go to this night where Keith and the others would do a Q&A by Johnny. Um, so I went there, which and that was all I expected to happen, just to sort of watch the Q&A, because I'm always interested in how they did things and what they were doing while they were doing something else. Yeah. Um, and there's a new lad that has taken over. And he approached me and said, I'd love to do something with you on KPM. And I said, well, look, let's do it. Um, what I didn't say was that I always wanted. Absolutely. And I was like, So you didn't want to bite his arm off. <laughs> no, it would be no, too obvious. No, KPM. I didn't want to, I, yeah, I didn't want to show him the full hand. Yeah. Which would have been absolutely. Um, because what happened before was somebody else who worked there bought it up and then they disappeared so i thought well that's that that's that chance gone and then this new lad jack appeared and said yeah let's do something so presumably he'd heard that you know i wouldn't say you were an expert but you're you you've always had since i've known you a knowledge a love and appreciation yeah, I'm not an expert. yeah but i'm just interested in that stuff and how that was and the process. Yeah, and how that was uh, basically recorded and the techniques and, you know, and the people that were doing it. Yeah. Um, same as you, Martin, you know. Of course, just, yeah. You're interested, you know, in all well, that. Well, it's just, I've just played a track there, never heard before, and it sounded yeah. great. So it's just constantly, the thing about Library is you're just constantly, because it's got all this mystery to it, you've got sleeves with nothing on it. Yeah. You've got artists most people never heard of before and never have a bit. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's, um, it's still not really in the public eye. Yeah. So... You, you still find things all the time. And you, then there's libraries that you find. I mean, Johnny Trunk's always finding like, some yeah. funny library no one's ever heard of, you know. Well, they're quite yeah. iconic sort of looking as well. And ever since I've sort of been collecting vinyl, which is 30 years or whatever, they're the ones, you know, that I thought looked very cool. The orange, you know, yeah. sorry, the olive sleeves and everything. And, um, and did they ever veer away from that sleeve design? Has it always been that kind of classic olive colour? No, some of them white border. Some of them were. Um, they did like a uh, brown, like a chocolatey kind of brown. But still, with just yeah. like a block of colour and yeah. the, the border, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's funny because when I went in to have the meeting with him, he'd um, put aside a couple of albums for me, 
which I thought, you know, was very kind. Yeah. And then he showed me where all the others are, and then I went and sort of helped myself. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, well, you know, if I'm here, I'm going to get stuck in. I mean, when you say help yourself, these these are reissues of their classic some catalog. Reissue, yeah, and there's some new compilations. There's just you know, they're nice stuff. I've got some of the uh, originals. Um. But yeah, you know, it was just I've just the thing is it's a huge honor to be asked to be part of that label. Yeah. And I'd have done it all. If De Wolf had asked you, would I you have jumped you would have done it. Yeah. 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 Shit, there's some good yeah, there's Incredible. some really good De Wolf stuff. I mean all of that stuff I'm into. Yeah. But there's something about KPM yeah, which yeah. has extra knackers. And I was saying, and also thanks to Martin, you know, is that, that when, well, it was that, when Martin Sound is, Gallery came out. If it out, wasn't for Martin and that first compilation, yeah, then I, agree. I wouldn't have known what the fuck I was looking at. Because I agree. it would have been a bunch of sort of loose bits, you know, loose yeah. bits of music. I didn't really know that there was a sort of... Um, a library with these, with these, you know, with these fellas on it. Yeah. And I've had long conversations with Keith Mansfield since, and the techniques, you know, that he used and stuff. Even that, you know, even that night, there's a thing that he does which is fascinating, and I think he was told to do it by somebody else. Where, if you want them to kind of remember the top line, stick a um, a piccolo and a xylophone. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just basically poking out on top of the top line. You hear right. it on like things like grandstand. Absolutely. In yeah. fact, nearly all of his stuff he's yeah, yeah. applied that. <laughs> and um so I was putting together my one and there's a track called Top Brass, which I think you have. We have, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I just did yeah. that, you know. I just did the same thing. I just sort of added the piccolo and the, yeah. and it instantly sounds like KPM. Absolutely. Because that's what he did. Yeah, yeah. So you're just sort of stealing his little trick. Which is what, you know, it, I mean, he would have done it because he'd have heard it symphonically. It's oh, like, you know, a wall of sound. Else. I can't remember if it was, yeah, of it course. was, it was either a Motown works. guy or someone. Right. Oh, yeah, you can hear it me. in certain Motown tracks. Yeah, it was, I think it was a Motown guy that said, you know, you need to do this, you know, to You can hear it in Tears of a Clown. Radio. It's got that, the, the piccolo and xylophone bit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, if your lead thing is like a French horn or something, it's going to have to have a <clears throat> on the top. Yeah. Make it ping. Make it yeah. sing. Should we hear it? Should we listen to it? Let's do it. Okay. Top brass. Um... Top brass tonight. Here we go. Um, Matt, you weren't tempted to use a pseudonym for, for the KPM record? Well, you don't really need to because your name isn't on the front. Um, my name isn't on the front of it. It just says... It's just composed by... No, it it doesn't say that. It's The only place it says that is on the is on the actual vinyl itself. The label. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah, it, your name isn't on the front. It just says, just says KPM and the title of the album. Um, things like industry wealth and industry you know and whatever is this going to be um the first of an album of uh kpm tracks well it is the album comes out 
in November. This is just the single from oh, it. And fantastic. how many tracks? I think there's nine. Okay. You said the while well, well, it was playing that Brass was recorded in L.A. Yeah, Brass was done in Los Angeles. And right. the drums were done by Craig Blundell and I did everything else. Yeah. Uh, and that includes in production. Yeah. Yeah. Which is sounding incredible now. I mean, that, it's, it's funny that, you know, having heard... Well, again, it's just using the same sort of tricks as they use. You've got to make sure that your, v, um, that your main reverb is spring and has a pre-delay. Right. By doing that on any kind of brass, you'll sound like KPM. Right. Just those little kind of flavours that add the flavour to the the acoustic instrument that you've just sort of recorded. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to do that, but it's just what if my you are after ear that, yeah, 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 yeah. Someone else might not hear that or but, even give a shit. But, but it also sounds... Uh, uh, it sounds very live. And we were talking about this earlier. These are th A lot of these were just doing one or two takes, yeah. and that was it. And yeah. yours sounds very live. It's got that energy to it. Yeah, because it kind of has to have that. Yeah. If you've got the brass, it's yeah. got to sound like it's just been worked out yeah. and just been kind of played over, yeah. like you say, once or yeah. twice, and then quickly moved on to the yeah. next thing. Because yeah. you don't know that that thing you've just spent sort of four minutes going over is going to be massive and, you know, and is going to be around for years to yeah. come. It's just one of a bunch of songs recorded that day. I mean, you know, they might have had like a vague idea that this one was a bit more kind of melodic than the rest, but I doubt it, you know. I was asking you about yeah. that. We were talking about, you, you know, are there certain days when they're recording, they're doing eight tracks, do they know in advance it's going to be Bossa Nova and it's going to be a little Latin day, that, you know, m more so than uh, a sort of driving, pumping... Yeah, yeah, pumping. there'll be a, a vibe, you know, so it'll be light and tuneful, for instance. Right. And they'll do three or four of those. Yeah. But I, I'm not sure whether they could spot the one that was, you know, that the... the sort of TV we're going to pick out as to be the one. Well, that is I mean, like, when, um, when Mastermind, what's that one called? Slow and Impending or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, that, would have, that wouldn't have... No. It, no one would have thought that was anything special, but no, in that context... Because presumably that is a, a director of that particular programme looking for a particular Well, they don't sound. want to spend any money. So, no, of course so not. Therefore, they're getting... They're <laughs> Whatever's getting on the shelf. Free music. <laughs> yeah. And they go, now, what fits this? Yeah. This is quite atmospheric. Let's go for this. Yeah. That would have been the extent of the conversation. Same with Terry and June. What do we... We want something mm. light, exactly. frothy, uh, harmonious... But that could have easily the... been a game show theme. Yes. If someone would have got yeah, yeah. there first and gone, yeah. oh, I'd like to use this for my game show. Sprocket, whatever it's called. Mm. I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. But, yeah. And that's what happened with... Uh... Give us a clue. Give us a clue. Yeah. And Grand Chill. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. different channels use the same piece of music. Well, Sorry wasn't meant to be for... Yeah, what was... Because that... It, I, was a, it was a drama about a boatyard. Oh, was Yeah, <laughs> I think. And either that didn't happen or they didn't get it in time. So right. they just took it. And it's unsuitable for that show. But that's what makes it kind of special for me. It doesn't yeah, fit that Yeah, it is an anomaly, definitely. It is very... It's, it doesn't fit that title sequence. Yeah. It doesn't fit the, the vibe of the show, I don't think. And as a result, you've got something which pokes out. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, when Brass has been recorded in L.A., are you on a, a... As a producer... Yeah. Are you on a Zoom with them? Are you, yeah. Are you well, having to what sort happened, of remotely... Absolutely, because it was... There was any, it was, a th I think it was a three piece that had to sound like 
a lot more. So a lot of the time it was kind of doubling yeah. and you were having things doing different octaves and that sort of stuff. So that took a while right? for it to sound like a, you know, an orchestral kind of brass thing. How many brass, how many players? Three players. It's just three players. Yeah. Yeah, because well, it, it sounds even. it sounds double. It's you know. Well, I mean, it, I mean, hopefully it doesn't. It should sound like there's. But it feels like wide, fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it yeah. shouldn't sound like there's the same bloke doing double. It should sound no, like no, no, no. There's a bunch of them. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a big band. Yeah. Um, and they've done all the other stuff for for the album as well. Well, they've just done the strings. As well, because you, you've got a real street. So how come that's been done in Los Angeles and not here? Well, because that's where KPM do it. Oh. I had no control Since, over For this how long have they been all. doing it that way? I'm not sure, you know. And I think it's linked to... Um, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. It's linked to Hans Zimmer's orchestra. Right. And his, um, and his people. But I had no say in that. Like It was, um, if you want this, then we're going to do it here. Right. Okay. And I was great. That yeah, sounds yeah, yeah. cool, because I can't sort that out. Yeah. So... That's what they did, and I when I was up at sort of three, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's through the night stuff, isn't it? Exactly. Watching um, on a Zoom. I tell you what, we're gonna let's play that Matt's version of Sorry. Love to hear it. Yeah, yeah. which was on the uh, the Themes album, Matt. Yeah. Um, what was this? Do you remember the original name of the the Sorry theme? Did it have a different name? I don't think it had a name. I think it was. I don't think. Well. What year? Eighty two. It would have been. 80. 80 maybe. or 81, I think. Right, okay. So this is your version of, but pretty, you know, yeah. uh, reverential to the original. <laughs> stuff does it, 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 it all right I, I, let's go back what was the first library music you were aware of was it martin's album was it that the, it was the, it, but i'd inadvertently obviously i'd heard funky fanfare at the cinema yeah of course oh cool yeah um so always that sounded dated even you know when i first went to the cinema in sort of 1978 or whatever right that sounded old yeah probably because it had been across the playhouse a million times yeah but um that was yeah and i knew that was cool i love the way that that sounded and it went straight into the indian restaurant yeah. thing with, yeah. the, with the card that sort of yeah. didn't oh, quite Bedford high yeah. street yeah yeah <laughs> and then um and then martin's album came out when i was in nottingham art school and right. I just couldn't fucking believe it because it had everything that I wanted on it and didn't know what those tunes were. You wouldn't have known where to find I wouldn't them. have had a clue no. because I didn't know what library was then. I didn't know what KPM was. Yeah. And they were all in one place and they sounded so amazing and different to everything at the time. But we, but we did master it at Abbey Road. Yeah, yeah, you with, said. Yeah. yeah, Chris Blair worked on the Beatles Abbey Road from the master tape. Yeah. Right. So that's why. There's no middle man. It's it like, was like the best, you know, the best. Gorgeous, you yeah. Could, they you still know. do, you know. Yeah, incredible. My vinyl of that is yeah. you know, very kind of precious to me. Yeah, so it's down to you, Martin. Um, you were responsible. I'm to blame. for. Uh, so there was yeah, no yeah. sense of, you know, listening to it because, you know, when that, when that came out, obviously 
a lot of the stuff around that scene in the easy listening scene, you, th there were parts of it w could be labelled ironic, slightly arch, well, a little bit. For Chris Evans would would sort of use them on his radio show and on that thing. Yeah, really. man with the suitcase. But you'd have to be in London and be listening to Radio One, I think, to be aware of the easy listening thing. Like, I mean, I was in Nottingham, wasn't that... Not even uh, Radio 1, you'd have to be listening to GLR at that time. No, really, but you know what I mean, yeah. like, there was a sense that, that they were using, and I think, like, Danny Baker used to use a lot of those things yeah, as, yeah. As, as well. But if you weren't listening to that stuff or watching that, you might not be that... You know, no, but, aware that that but, was uh, no, but my point being that the easy listening scene, when people would look in at it and say, "Oh, it's it's an arch scene," it's a little bit, yeah. you know, it gets sort of because well, that Wonderwall thing, Mike yeah, yeah. Flowers, yeah. Whereas, and then Austin whereas, Powers, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whereas really listening to those tracks, there's no sense of irony. It's just it's just really just well played music great. and yeah. atmospheric and yeah. yeah, strong, you know, strong melodies. Yeah. That's what pokes through for me, is it's really well played. Yeah. Everyone knows exactly what they're doing. The stuff yeah. is really atmospheric, real instruments. Um, it just sounds great. And yet we're still not really aware of KPM. If, you know, e even having sound gallery, you would be, go oh, that's Parkinson, that's Grandstand, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, th that's rugby special or whatever. So, you know, it, it still took another while, certainly for me to go, ah, yes. Well, then you work that. out, because you look at who's composed things, you work out that, that that certain thing is always usually composed by this person. Yeah. And then that's how you get to KPM, I yeah. think. I mean, that's how I got there. Right. Keith Mansfield seems to be, you know... A name that keeps appearing Absolutely. for these TV themes. Hawkshaw. You know, and then, ah, that's why, because they're just using him from... Because presumably, it, and with Hazelhurst was, yeah. was sorry. Yeah. So that was a name that... But he didn't do... Well, no, he was an arranger as well as a composer. Yeah. Um, did he delve... Was, is there because a he lot did Butterflies of... as well, which is obviously was a Dolly Parton song. Yeah. But made it sort of British sounding. Absolutely. And I love his arrangement of that. How much of his stuff could be termed library music? Is it was there stuff that, or was it just well, generally? No, he was more of an in-house guy. I would say. Yeah, I don't think he did much in the way of library. Right. He was more of an in-house guy, like a <coughs> um, a band leader, like um, Parky's band leader, of course. Who um, Harry? Harry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stoneham. Harry Stoneham and yeah. Jeff Love. No, 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 Holloway, and... wasn't it? Laurie, well, it was Laurie Holloway oh, and Harry Stone. He's oh, had yeah. yet, but he had two. Yeah. Um, let's play a little tune of yours, which is another example of library music. This is the first time I'd heard you do library music. Yeah, yeah, and this can be licensed too. I just, I should make that clear. Both of these songs you can have. Your wares. You can, yeah, you can. You know, if anyone who makes TV programs is listening, they're all yours. And this is only. Uh, this is a track called "Mounting Tension." Uh, the website is No Sheep Music, and it's in the classic game show toolkit, which is a variety of other people's tawdry offerings, but obviously they, they stand in the shadows compared to this. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I do. <laughs> You're very good. Let's play it.